Yeah, you look uh, like you're um, drenched, but I guess that's because you just showered. <laughs> yeah. Totally unrelated. Actually, I showered like three hours ago. But you're going to see me hair. getting sweatier and sweatier as this goes on. Do you guys remember that YouTube hit video where it was the newscasters and the one woman was like, pretty much everywhere, it's going to be hot. And then the one yeah. guy was like, yeah. I don't need a jacket. <laughs> I, yes. I felt myself going into an impression of that and like purposely tried to be away. Like as soon as I said it, I had to stop myself. Like, it's not the time for that. How's everyone been? Good. I literally just signed the deed on my house. So I now own a house. Ooh. Yeah. I just came back from the lawyer's office. Uh, I was telling Jenna before, but I've never met him in person. He was fucking insane. Um, oh. <laughs> and it took a very long time to leave as he told me in detail every celebrity encounter he has had and their <laughs> their respective heights. Like it was very height related. Um, I'm don't you so have a thing about that? I remember you always like knew celebrities heights. Yeah, so so this was less interesting to me than it would be to it's not interesting to anyone, but even less so cuz I knew the heights already. Um, this yeah, is you're just like, weird uh, all around. It was so weird, and my my poor mom's polite, so she's like trying, it's like being like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> I was just completely dead silent the whole time, but my mask was luckily covering my mouth, where I was like smiling, <laughs> like trying not to laugh. <laughs> Anyways, it was very odd. What but, um, celebs was he talking about? Oh, uh, it it was. I think it was like a status name dropping thing, but we heard about Clint Eastwood, Snoop Dogg. Uh, <laughs> Lady Snoop Gaga. Dog. That's pretty impressive, actually. Wait, uh, are these people say- that are his clients? No, or he just, just met, met them. Oh, Brayden has a celebrity then- <laughs> lawyer. That's even more impressive. I want to meet those people. But Brayden, one time I remember I was on a date with a guy and I... I don't know how it came up. I was like, yeah, my friend really likes looking up uh, celebrities' <laughs> heights. And he took such offense. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, like, women, <laughs> like, oh all they care God. about is men's heights. I'm like, it's not like that. Like, she's just weird. And she, like, Also, you never said facts. men's heights. It's just yeah. celebrities in general. Yeah, he, he made that. Was he short? He, he had a lot psychologically going on in his mind about that. He was average <laughs> height, too. It's like. I don't, yeah, I don't discriminate. I look up everyone's <laughs> heights. Uh I like to know their heights relative to my height. It's kind of a narcissistic <laughs> thing, I think. No, it's interesting because yeah. I remember you saying, I think like Beyonce is my height and like Scarlett Johansson is my height. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't seem right because I think you've said you're like, they're supposed to like tower over us. Yeah. <laughs> there's some powerful it'd be celebrities. pretty disarming to meet like Mariah Carey or so- someone that you think of like larger than life and find out that they're... That's They're like small. a Sam Sam Roberts. Dylan told me how tall Sam Roberts is, and he's like my height, if not shorter. I was like, "Whoa, oh my god!" That's not yeah, what so I expected. He's like five five or something. I want to get Sam yeah, Roberts five, five. on the pod. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> he would like... never do it. <laughs> Isn't he like a notoriously boring person? Like he's clearly very well, the... talented, and well, uh... now he's never gonna. Well, come it's on. really <laughs> yeah. it's really funny because like... maybe he wants to 
prove that wrong. We should neg people like a week into ago, coming yeah, on. Yeah, Sam Roberts, come on the pod and prove a yourself. A week ago, Sonia and I were looking up like Canadian celebrities, like from like D list to A list, to be like we should reach out to all of them and like not discriminate against who we reach out to. And I was like looking at musicians, and I saw Sam Roberts' name, and I like could not stop laughing because I just like imagined. <laughs> That was the funniest one. And then, Sonia, what was I also laughing about? Protest the hero. <laughs> yeah, you should have Protest the hey, hero. everyone. <laughs> it's a very special episode. We got Protest the hero. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would fake sick or something. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, oh, sorry. It would just be Sonia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Protest the hero. <laughs> Trying to be reasonable, but just being like, so, uh, how did you get started in the biz? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have nothing interesting to ask them, but I'm not going to rule it out if they want to come on yeah, the pod. I'll email oh, them God. after this. Once again, prove yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. How's everyone else been? How are you, Sonia? I'm fine. Yeah. How's everyone else? <laughs> Same. Just fine. Same. Yeah. My feelings and emotions have been all wrapped up in the, you know, the current events. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Does anyone else have any cool updates? Um, I my school had an announcement on like Thursday or whatever. They had the Zoom meeting. They were supposed to announce whether classes were going to be face to face or not, and they pretty much just were like, "Some are and some aren't." And everyone was like, "So if we have to move to Sudbury for school, like we kind of need to know." Yeah, they're still doing that dance. Like I get a fucking COVID related email. I get several every day, and mm-hmm. I just like. I don't even read them anymore because it's too much. It's overwhelming. And I'm like, just fucking email me when you've like made a decision about something. Yeah. Every email is like, we're thinking about whether to do this or the exact opposite. Like, just fucking tell me. Like, I have to look for an apartment in Sudbury if I'm going to have face-to-face classes. And I'd like to do that as soon as possible. Yeah, that's really, that's a tough spot to be in. Imagine if they have weird stipulations with classes, like we all have to wear masks. That's what they're saying for us. We have have to like stand very far apart from one another. Yeah. Although I've been finding that like as Sean and I go for walks, people no longer do that thing where they like go around you like as though they're orbiting you. (laughs) So I feel like everyone's just like over the lockdown. Yeah, I agree. I've been getting a lot of that too. Everyone's. Everyone's pretty over it at this point. People aren't really acting like it's still happening. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's going to be a weird year. Okay. Without further ado, uh, it's been a spicy week. 2020 continues to deliver. Fuck. <laughs> so for anyone who's been living under a wet log. A wet <laughs> <if> They're listening. <laughs> under a rock is so like. Uh, no, I'm here for wet log. Cliche. I love that. I love it. <laughs> A young man, George Floyd, was murdered by a cop in the street uh, while he was restrained. This was filmed. It went viral. And this set off a series of riots, protests, and conversations in the United States and everywhere else in the world. Um, I mean, this has happened before. Unfortunately, it'll probably happen again. But this this felt a little different than past. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I feel like everyone seemed to be on the same side in terms of condemning the police officer, there was a lot less, you know, there's usually like the right wing agitation of like, well, but what about this? And like trying to kind of find little angles to justify it. I didn't see very much of that this time. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like everyone is united about the fact that this was totally unacceptable. 
what was more dividing and what caused more of a conversation was the responses, like the protests and the riots. Um, yeah, I would agree with what you said in terms of um, because they have the whole thing on video, not that other ones didn't. Um, it, it's pretty just undeniable that it was really fucked up, of course. And their culpability is really obvious. Um, so in that way. Yeah. And I think... Um everyone being stuck inside and quarantined like there was already such a dependence of people on social media to begin with like more than ever before so i think Mm -hmm. that definitely escalated as well and there was a captive audience yes Mm -hmm. yeah and it'll end an audience available people are available to protest not saying that people wouldn't before but i mean of course people aren't working right now so that's that's um yeah it's uh more available very true and there's also there's also probably a lot of pent-up energy I think it's not just about this. It's also about the economic devastation in the United States that's been happening. People don't know what the fuck is going on. They don't know what to do. They're being told to stay inside, but they're not getting the support that, for example, Canadians are getting from our government. And then you've got this brutal killing. And then you've got probably a million other things that I'm not even aware of. And like people just fucking like went for it. And that's kind of heartening to see in one sense, because like Americans are pretty cucked compared to the rest of the world, right? Right? Like mm-hmm. in other countries, like if you fucking try to increase their work week by five hours, they'll start fucking throwing like Molotov cocktails in the streets. <laughs> Whereas with in, in North America, it's a lot more like, thank you, job creators and like always peaceful protests. There's a time for peaceful protests and there's a time for kind of more violent action. That being said, I don't live in these communities and um, it's terrible to see small businesses be yeah. looted um, it's terrible to see violence in the streets. So there was a component of this that I did see a little bit as being spectacle. Mm-hmm. And um, people were sort of treating it as entertainment, which isn't that's not an indictment against them. Like I was like watching videos too, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's just kind of like how things are now, which is a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What were you guys' thoughts? I think that like it was a lot of people reacting to something you know what I mean like it wasn't a planned protest or a demonstration or something it's just a bunch of really 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 sick and tired and angry people and like I obviously don't think that there's justification for unwarranted violence or just looting someone's store who's a member of your community and worked probably very hard their entire lives um but at the same time I again as you said I'm not a part of that community and when I think about it, it's like if I had like a son or a daughter or a member of my family who was killed in that way, I'd be fucking furious. I'd want to burn the world down too. So I, I see the protests and the rioting as more significant than obviously what we're going to get into about all the social media responses and stuff. But I found it uh, quite significant in the sense that there is still this like looming threat of contracting covid that is potentially lethal and could kill you or like your loved ones um but like people put this cause above their own like safety and whatnot Mm -hmm. of like wanting to protect themselves from this so i thought that that was pretty telling um about how sick and tired people are yeah i mean i think i don't even think that was like part of the if there's any sort of risk it's the risk uh that comes from being in a situation like that where there is violence Mm -hmm. and then when there are riot cops coming in shooting rubber bullets and etc i don't think that people were thinking consciously about covid anymore well Um, no that's exactly it is because this took over that 
and like yeah it replaced that instead and people weren't like oh like even thinking twice about maybe going outside they were like i'm going there's no i'm just also on the topic of the looting and the violence thing um I, i obviously can't speak to everyone's opinion on that but um i think generally that would be of course that's what the media is going to report on because it's the most mm-hmm. exciting thing to watch but i I've, I've seen a lot of people against that like i don't think that's really supposed to be part of it that's more of mm-hmm. a consequence of it from what i've seen um i've even seen videos of course that's anecdotal of protesters like handing over rioters to police like or like stopping them so i i don't think generally from what i've seen I, i'm like so hesitant to speak because i don't want to speak for everyone but um that that's not like generally encouraged at all that's just kind of a consequence yeah of for any sure protest. it's just the crowd mentality right mm-hmm Everybody's it's, it's going huge. crazy and you're like, ooh, I'm going to fucking break into this store, you know? But it's, doesn't, it's not it's like a, a ca- part of what like they're trying like to do. It's like an accepted casualty of yeah. protesting. Yeah, it's de- it definitely wasn't strategic, right? And there, there, there's so much going on that it's impossible to put one narrative on it. Like you said, like there's no mm-hmm. kind of speaking for what's going on. There's just different, all sorts of different elements coalescing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, some for better, some for worse. Um I think it's significant that I just read 54% of U.S. adults support the that they burnt down the police pre- precinct yeah. after the death, which I think is pretty huge. Yeah, think, that's a really massive definitely. number. Yeah. And uh, the cop was charged very quickly, which I think wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all of that yeah. uh, agitation. Mm-hmm. And the attorney general just elevated because he got charged with third degree, which isn't really appropriate given the circumstances obviously and so the attorney general elevated to second degree which some people might want it to be first degree but i think second degree is okay he c- killed him mm-hmm. he didn't you know it wasn't premeditated yeah, it wasn't. in the sense that he didn't plan it like out a few to- days ago but he clearly killed him like on purpose not in a manslaughter way yeah. so that's something i think positive that came from this as well and if they went for first degree murder too they would have to prove that it was premeditated and they're really isn't any proof for that so he probably wouldn't get a charge at the end of the day so second degree murder is the way to go with that does it that's obviously, exactly right obviously he intended to kill this guy but he didn't plan it right how could he have he didn't know him you know one thing about uh i wanted to pick up on the coronavirus lockdown stuff like i i did find it strange i guess that one second it's like there's this killer virus and if you go outside you're gonna be selfish and you're gonna kill other people and then the same people again because i i I was never like a social distancing nazi i was like yeah we should all do our best i don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. uh the same people are like no now there's like a moral imperative to go out and of course there's a huge difference between not going out because like you want to get skittles versus going out to to demand action over something that requires action it's more like there's just this blatant contradiction that people aren't acknowledging that i i I feel a little unsettled by because it just again like what are public health officials doing like it's just and and the people who kind of like bandwagon like first i'm going on this narrative now i'm going on this other i I was just gonna say i've seen the kind of the opposite of what you said too but the same contradiction in that you see people that are clearly racist or like against the BLM movement that all of a sudden really care about COVID that like I've never heard. Yeah. All of a sudden they're <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck? Like what are these people just, doing? But they were the same people like fighting for their haircuts or whatever. Like so it's just it's interesting. Just, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um yeah, it just goes to show how these sorts of discourses as they call them emerge 
to justify political actions or political mm. goals and for sure i mean i i get it, it but it, it is interesting how a lot of people just aren't talking about that for sure that of course are going out and protesting but i mean it, there there is an urgency to it i mean they're dying they're dying by violent mm-hmm. causes people are dying by violent causes so i guess i mean it's 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 urgent Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, especially in, in the United States. But there's certain like places with like gatherings that I'm just like, it's just it's just a contradiction. And it, this is the type of shit that frustrates people. And this is the type of shit that decreases faith and, and public health and, and experts and stuff. But so like there's stuff going on in the streets <laughs> and then you've got stuff going on online. <laughs> oh, God. So uh, I feel like this element of the whole situation was so interesting in terms of seeing history play out the way society has changed so much one element of it was like i was getting almost like purge vibes from this whole situation Mm. you've got like all these corporations being like who are getting their shit smashed who don't care because they're going to be able to absorb the costs anyway who are just like uh, capitalizing on the message being like yeah yeah like like get it all out get it all out of your system you know and um, when the black square thing was happening, so so I don't really go on social media and Fuck I specifically just... even more so started avoiding it during this time because I just like get frustrated. Sean, <laughs> Sean was like, look, and he just like showed me like the black squares and I was like, wait, what? Like black square? Because wait, what? It just makes no sense. And it also completely overtook the Black Lives Matter hashtag. So it's like you did literally the opposite of what you wanted to do. <laughs> like, well, that's what I when, when he, I was like, wait, what's the purpose of this? And he was like, oh, it's because people were drowning out these hashtags for, that activists were using. So people were asked not to post and people were asked to not post to like make space for voices of color. Yeah. And I was like, so all people had to do was not post and they still couldn't fucking they do had it. to acknowledge that they weren't posting. <laughs> the people who... um who started the whole black square thing too were like huge music execs and they like started it it originally started for the music industry to like do that or whatever and i'm it's just odd to me that it's like that's how it started it's like yeah it's not a grassroots thing no we are seeing people who literally I don't see post anyway post the black square or i also saw a post and it was just like a cute like cursive written thing with like flowers being like muted and then the caption was like (laughs) i'm muting my channel for a week to allow space for marginalized voices to like speak their concerns blah 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 blah. and it's just like oh my god it's so fucking attention seeking we live in this like attention economy just don't post for that week like that would exactly yeah like people's reputation is um like a new standard of value you know what i mean like are you a social justice warrior and then there's like this whole moral thing too where it was like well if you don't post then are you racist but if you post then you're also like it was like a really fucked up it's like a damned if you do kind of damned if you don't situation i lit. i did see people literally say if you're if you stay silent delete me like that whole fucking thing <laughs> mm-hmm. which is like uh, if you don't protest exactly how i'm protesting like fucking delete me it's just so no it's it's absolutely absurd it's not conducive to social change that's not how social change works like social change isn't me walking around pointing my finger at people saying you're being silent about x y and z issue like what the fuck does that mean like not everyone but but in these people's minds they literally cannot conceive 
of uh, engaging with these issues in a way that is not extremely performative. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like they literally can't fucking imagine in their minds someone that would care, that would have like the right ideas in their heart. Okay, next step, someone who maybe is is whatever, volunteering, um, donating, doing whatever, that wouldn't fucking be posting on social media about it. They can't fucking understand yeah, it. Yeah, and I saw... And that's so scary to me because these yeah. people are aliens to me. Well, so then there was like, like... There were two waves, right? So there was like the black box wave and then I saw a whole other wave. Or no, there were three. Then there's the whole wave of being like, take the hashtag Black Lives Matter out of your <laughs> caption because it's like... Uh, drowning out all the protesters who need to find vital information about what's going on and blah 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 then there was a third wave of all this about white people being like these are questions you need to ask yourself when you post on social media and it's like addressing white guilt complexes and stuff and being like what are you actually doing about this issue but again like i probably saw the same pre-packaged sets of instagram posts like yeah. over and over and over and over again yeah like it was this yeah this is not it's not this like is not generating an understanding of the issue it all came across to me like th- those types of posts were so like i know what i'm talking about like let me yeah. take it from here arrogant like, you're all yeah. doing it like it's not it's literally just a competition with a bunch of fucking people trying to show their virtue they have the best virtue out of anyone on instagram it's just so irritating it's like well it's also arrogant because it's like brayden said it like here i got like you know there are people who have been working on this for a long time like i am under i'm under no delusion that what i say or what i don't say is gonna help as an individual mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i obviously support broadly speaking quote the cause but this like moral scolding yeah isn't politics it's not fucking politics people don't know what politics is anymore i was talking to my brother last night and he said this about all of it he was like and the whole new trend of posting stories of videos um quote unquote so i've been taking time to self-reflect with what's going on and educate myself and then he wrote Uh, bitch if that what you doing why the fuck you need the world to know you thirsty fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I was actually just about to say like particularly egregious to me and that this was actually more at the start it was like people would um preface their uh preface their their statement that they're gonna post and so many of them were like I've been thinking long and hard how to approach this. And it's like, what, what, like, we haven't been waiting for you. And it, yeah. wasn't, even like, it wasn't like companies. It would be like acquaintances I have That's that are like so working cool. at a, like a lawyer or something. Like, it's like, no, yeah. we weren't all being like, I wonder what like Sonia has to say on this issue. <laughs> They're like, you know what, guys, I'm ready. I know you're here waiting. And then the, this, the other one I was going to say that I find particularly gross was the like how to talk to, uh, Black, black people, people. Yeah. Oh, and they're terrifying. all for fucking white people or like oh yeah. i guess a lot and they're of all my, like, like c- cartoon bubble letters with yeah. like flowers on them and like interesting fonts being like how to include your black neighbor it's like just talk to them it's like yeah. what the fuck it's how do you so, know how to treat so a black person condescending there, it's not another it's, species yeah. like it's yeah. just patronizing yeah. and it's racist yeah. for fuck's sake 100%. like ask the person how they want to be taught it's a fucking person like, yeah yeah it, it's 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 insane from um this book that i read for class like in my undergrad um called taking responsibility taking direction by sheila wilmot mott she says, white people are bogged down in paralyzing and patronizing feelings and behaviors, including both a fascination and guilt with our privileged position, as well as shame and despair. 
Arising from all this is generally a stubborn resistance to self-criticism and an avoidance of the truth to prevent feeling defensive, angry, or useless. And I feel like a lot of like white people, they're so obsessed with acknowledging their privilege that they're not actually, they acknowledge it and then like tell the world that, but yeah, then well, don't do anything have, yeah, to great. engage in <laughs> now use that privilege the complex <laughs> and historically specific relationship between well, like, yeah, class privilege, and like people act like whiteness is power. Like white people have a very over exaggerated idea of how like special they are clearly mm -hmm. from what we've been seeing online, but also like whiteness is a proxy for power. It isn't power in itself. Me being white doesn't give me a direct line to the prime minister to tell him what to do. That's not how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. And so by making it like that, again, we're individualizing it. Privileges was supposed to be the sort of collective concept. Like, uh, because of these tendencies, you might not understand problems facing people, from other backgrounds or social identities but that's not at all how it is talked about anymore it's like a religious sort of uh prostration a, now. i remember you sent and, us and that pathetic. website like jokingly a while ago and i think the website might be satirical but it's like calculating oh, yeah. your privilege yeah, like, yeah. It was like what's your sexual orient <laughs> yeah and it gives you like a number or whatever but i, I think it's a joke on there whatever it like, certainly it's a joke know. regardless yeah, but sure. uh, i don't know if they intended it to be but it's like as if we're all like walking around with like a bubble above our head that says like 74 it's it's pretty funny it, it it like this happens a lot because i'm in academia so i watch a lot of presentations and it's very common for someone to say like hello like you know i am a white cis Ugh. straight woman and then they'll like do their fucking presentation and i i see this not as like a legitimate acknowledgement it's sort of just like a shield because mm. now it's like you can't say anything against me someone is less likely to sort of criticize their work and then they'll go start talking about like their research will be about like i don't know vegan like uh <laughs> school buses like <laughs> it's like if you care so much about these issues then just fucking engage with them and if you if yeah. that's not your lane then just fucking stay out of it and that's it like, like what is with this like kind of performative white doesn't absolve you of anything that you say just because you're like identifying as that or because you're being nice doesn't mean you're not racist like well it's i don't even think they're racist i think that they're just kind of like doing this again it, it's a performance no, yeah, and 100%. it doesn't mean anything it means less than anything and i feel like it's a little bit it just creates more division and, mm. and, it, and it prevents us from again addressing those material factors because again whiteness is not power in and nuts of, of itself it's a proxy for power mm. it, it, you can't look at it like that then you're uh, you're totally ignoring the shit that actually causes all these problems which is access to material resources like poverty drama yeah i wanted to ask your guys opinion on um like we're from this we're all from this small town obviously you guys know that but um uh it's a town that's somewhat known for um racism because it's like very predominantly white particularly mm -hmm. in the past and i guess it had like ties to white supremacy at some point anyways but it's a it's a common theme here however mm -hmm. um in the past week i've seen this outpouring of people acknowledging that about georgetown uh, how do i explain this properly like for example there was one person it's like send in your stories of how you've experienced racism not like as a white person or a person of color um kind of to collect them and i and i guess the point of that was to to make it so you couldn't deny it was here but i just found that very weird personally because i'm like are, are we just like going to make people of color feel worse by like saying all these racist things that happen i just didn't really understand that i don't know if that's happening in other towns but i was like 
Yeah, I've seen posts like that too. About I, I think Young. people know people are racist here. I don't know, know if someone wants to see a collection of every way that's Yeah, true. like I understand the sharing of stories, but mm-hmm. like between people having a discussion, you know, but like collecting them but all. For, but for all these white people to, to accumulate these stories, like yeah. it doesn't seem to acknowledge how that might hurt someone to read. It's also, mm-hmm. it's also a weird thing to do. Like you're going to aggregate all these presumably anywhere between extremely painful events to these sort of minor infractions and then and then what and then gaze upon the yeah like 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 you said like uh, discussions have to be or organic and if you want to sort of like share information I think it should be more about um the sort of causes of the problem and the policy and all that more sorry boring stuff but it turns politics into this it's it's what social media does it makes everything very individualistic and it's just like a stew of people's feelings which isn't very radical or capable of changing. Cause like you said, I think most people are kind of like aware of the cultural taboo against racism. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure what this adds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like we have all this inf- like information and all these stories, but what are you going to do with that information? Yeah. But unless it like enlightens you to be like, Oh my God, wow. There are 50 like different stories of racist acts that happened in Georgetown. Okay, what am I going to do? And I'm just, I'm curious to see how long this is going to last. And if people who, you know, are posting about all these different things, are they going to consciously make an effort to do something about this? Like, um, well, it's the me too. They're, they're yeah. trying to me too the race thing, right? Like, like, look, look at what happened with me too. It was an aggregation. It's literally analogous, completely an aggregation of women's like shitty things that happened to women. And it just like became kind of like overwhelming and oversaturated. And there was no revolutionary potential there because you can't just take one thing and then multiply it a bunch of times. And mm-hmm. it, this isn't about fucking feelings. Like, I'm sorry. Like, in my opinion, racism is an outcome and a symptom of the material conditions. It isn't yeah. quite the cause. Uh, you see this from the, where it fucking started. It was a legitimation story for an economic system, which was slavery, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't mm-hmm. the other way around. People act like it's the other way around and people act like the totality of racism. Yeah, they needed an inferior class mm-hmm. for free labor. And people act like the totality of racism is a white person like being mean to someone. Like, of course, that's bad. Of course, call that out. But that's not that really actually undermines how fucking uh, serious the oppression is, in in my opinion. Like, I could give a fuck if some guy's like, oh, women are stupid and you're a dumb bitch and rape's not real. Like, that hurts me on a personal level. But a crusade against him or or collecting a bunch of guys saying that is not politics. No. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, too, there was um, I've seen quite a few things um, like ones coming to mind about um, and this all always happens, but about like canceling people again. The, for example, there was this one guy that said the N-word and it was this like super offensive thing he posted on Facebook and everyone in our town is like sharing it to be like, like share this, share this to get this one guy for being racist. I'm like, yeah, he fucking sucks. But like, first of all, maybe people don't want to read that. Like that's kind of shitty of you to do. And like for what? Yeah. So like, okay, yeah, that guy sucks. But like, what mm. is that doing besides like, giving him a voice i don't but maybe i'm i maybe i'm wrong about that but to me it was like really gross it's like in order to cancel this person you're deciding that people that would be very offended by that word have to read it over and over again i don't know but we have it's it's, this is kind of going back to what sonia said but we have like such a fucked up like understanding of identity which is missing the historically connected material conditions that 
have set the stage for all of this. And when you have like an identity is all approach, it leaves us with circumstances where we can't fully see these things. And they're yeah, completely Yeah, I agree with both of you. I don't think like, like, hello, we've been doing this cancel culture shit for a while. It doesn't work. And like, yeah, there's lots of like people I could call out for doing fucked up shit to women, but like, it's just not going to work. And I'm sorry, but that's a personal problem. Like someone saying something, a, an ordinary person who's saying something horribly racist is a piece of shit, but that's it. That's a personal problem. Like it's not, it can't be, it can't be resolved you can yell at him all day long, but again, it's, it's just not politics and it's just not going to lead to sustained change. And I, I worry about the tensions this creates, right? We need to think long-term mm. because people really like to act like, I don't know. I, I'm just seeing, I'm getting me too vibes from this, right? Oh, like there was a lot of good potential there. And then it kind of, there was a lot of problems with the movement because people were acting before they were thinking. And there was a lot of like kind of cancel culture mob justice shit, which just exacerbated tensions between the sexes and there's, so many layers, and, and there's so many layers to it too because it's people calling out people who are racist and then it's people calling out people who aren't doing enough and then it's calling out people who are posting the wrong sort of activism or doing the wrong sort of thing you know it's, it's just, just like, call out call out call yeah. out it's just white person and, versus white person and people, <laughs> fucking like yelling at each if other people don't, it's the spider-man meme yeah you know, everyone's both, like, pointing, pointing at each other <laughs> yeah. it's literally it's that exactly and i like that. i i just can't stand if people it, can't fully it, understand i worry too about okay so what is going to come after this or what are people wanting to change and i think a lot of people don't fully understand where all of this comes from. And for example, you know, like with Occupy, they didn't have like, it failed because they didn't have actual political imperatives that they wanted to reach. Or even like the Arab Spring, like it was seen as like extremely positive and it showed how great uh, Facebook and social media could bring people together. But in the end, that movement failed and it was like a really, really depressing thing and like things five are years worse later now than they were back then because it left space because the left didn't know what to do once they actually like took down the the dictator and then they realized that the system was already fucking broken like all the stuff underneath it and then the military swept in and now it's a fucked up militant state in egypt and like it's like there wasn't I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that actually I'm glad you brought that up because like people have been talking about social media and uh, whether or not it has revolutionary potential and mm-hmm. I just think it clearly doesn't the Arab Spring was literally the best case possible scenario yes. for using social media and I was like optimistic for like 30 seconds and then clearly me too I was like pro democracy internet and then and and like I was reading about it and it's really interesting like people didn't consider they said that the creation of alternate narratives by more powerful people because there's Uh this uh, idea that because social media is quote democratic because obviously anyone can post anything that that means that it's a like collective project grassroots common good type thing but the people People who are in power will always have more control over the algorithm. And even when there's no corporations involved, yeah. what gets pushed to the top is basically people's collective stupidity, right? Well, yeah. Like it's it's just basically like in this case, for once, it actually worked well. Yeah. Like, and- but but I think that this is sort of like a, a exception to the rule because people seem to understand that this wasn't just uh, something happening to an individual that this was like a symbol for everything fucking going wrong in America right now but generally speaking that's not what happens you get these like short little quips and narratives and you're never going to be able to piece those together people don't have the attention span anymore to read a fucking book to learn about history to understand what's Mm -hmm. happening you can't understand what's happening if you don't know 
any of that stuff and you're never going to know that stuff if you get all of your news from social media and the the arabs bring was particularly successful in the beginning in 2011 because they were using this space that the people in power hadn't co-opted yet right like they didn't know how to use it to collectively bring people together and like so the people that used it who were wanting to uprise in the creative revolution were able to grasp that but then like you know the military caught on and then they started using the exact same tactics and using the like facebook to recruit people and it just like and they were also it. like spreading information about yeah, people right like yeah. like they would take like a political leader and be like oh he's a pedophile or yeah. like he's um against god and then that would spread and then that would get out of control yeah apparently now also i was reading it it's hard to get people to come out unless you use certain elements like religious elements for example Mm -hmm. and i thought that that was like a very perfect parallel to what's happening here because all this talk about uh systemic racism and white supremacy as disembodied abstract phenomena is basically religious like i'm sorry you're not saying exactly what's happening you're not explaining who is benefiting from doing what and how you're just stating these concepts and that makes people feel good and to me it it has this religious fervor attached to it as we see with this cancel culture stuff too so i just think that it's clear that this social media has a neutering effect on social movements not a revolutionary yeah and these like uh movements toward like anti-racism they lack an entire analysis of power right um, as I think I've I've said that basically in different ways three times now. So, but yeah, no, hundred yeah, percent. The like, left has they, they, zero analysis of power. Zero. There's no one out. That's why they go after. No, these. yeah, they 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 don't. They can't even identify where the power is coming yeah. from. Look at all the corporations being like, yeah, systemic racism is so bad. Amazon, Pornhub, fucking kidding me. Pornhub, Pornhub. That one fucking was companies that literally exploit people literally not like oh they said a bad thing against someone it's slavery what happens in sweatshops abroad Mm -hmm. to bring us our like slavery isn't over slavery just got offshored Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like and like but but then they say oh like systemic racism is bad and everyone's like thank you for not being silent and i'm like you're a dumb fuck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i saw that what was that really obvious one all the washington redskins like posting uh whatever like against or like supporting the BLM movement and everyone's like how about like changing your name <laughs> your like super racist name George like, Bush fucking George yeah, W. He Bush was like, wrote like yeah. a letter I'm sure someone got like wrote it for him or whatever but and everyone was like thank you George Bush yeah. I was like what the George fucking Bush do you know how many brown people that guy killed <laughs> killed like killed tortured not fucking like said like where are you from (laughs) or whatever like people construe now these days as like some horrible act of like like literal fucking oppression is still happening and Mm -hmm. and and because social media just depends on the shiny objects like then the 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 nice fonts we're forever chasing those um do you want to get into like the regis case yeah so we should talk about canada now jesus so in the backdrop (laughs) of all that um, what is her full name, Regis? How do you pronounce her last name? Korczynski Paquet. Korczynski Paquet. Her first name is Regis, but so essentially this happened in Toronto a couple days ago. Um, police were called to a high rise where she was living. Um, there were several calls into the police station reporting that there was an assault happening and that there was a knife involved. So the police got there to respond to this and the girl who has died, Regis, her mom and her brother were in the hallway 
And apparently Regis was like, ex- quote unquote, exchanging words with um, the officers there. And uh, there was no knife. There was no assault happening when they arrived. And she asked if she could go back into her apartment to use the bathroom. And police followed her in. They didn't let her mom and brother come into the apartment. And then a couple minutes later, the brother and the mom heard from outside the apartment, mom, help, mom, help, mom, help. And then the police emerged a couple of minutes later saying she was dead after she somehow, quote unquote, fell off her 24th floor balcony to her death. So like immediately after that, the family came out saying that she was pushed, but they have since got a lawyer who stated that those accusations are not part of the family's official statement anymore and they're waiting for more evidence. So that's pretty much the gist of it. No one really knows what's, what happened. The police is still holding the security camera footage of the building and has taken statements from the officers, but they're not really releasing anything while the SIU investigates it. So Yeah, and there was, I think it was yesterday, the, the day before, someone leaked to the Sun, which people are like, who else could have leaked it other than one of the police that were there? Uh, apparent information that she barricaded herself onto the balcony away from the cops and then the uh, like special investigation unit were like very upset with this leak because they said that leaks of this nature detract from the public's confidence and the family's confidence in the integrity of the SIU investigation which is a a civilian oversight agency Um, and it's imperative that the public have confidence in their investigation yeah and they were also wanting to keep things private so that it doesn't get to witnesses right like it won't sway what witnesses say because we all know that like if you hear or see something even if it's not your own memory or something you can like subconsciously like form it into what you think happened so the reason why they were withholding the security camera footage and the statements by the officers who were there is because they didn't want witnesses to sway which would mean that the witness is no longer usable in court right so kind of shitty that yeah that i mean like if whoever leaked this fucked up like clearly mm-hmm. i also do understand uh probably some frustration i don't know what happened obviously uh i hope the investigation is done properly if what the cop is saying presumably is true i can understand stressing <laughs> about everyone accusing you of murdering this woman yeah. um, and, and and maybe leaking something to try to to balance the narrative so to speak but that was wrong obviously yeah. uh, and it fucked up the investigation but and like hard to say more until the investigation is complete yeah and this obviously it sheds light on um we were all talking about this in our discord but for the majority of all these cases that happen where police are called and it's mainly like always a mental health issue with an individual whether they're in crisis and whatnot something tends to go wrong and it's always a mental health crisis like there was just recently an indigenous woman woman on Vancouver Island, I, I think was like uh, suffering from, I'm not really sure what, there's also investigation in this too. And then cops were called there and she came out with a weapon and then she was shot and killed. And so like there's this whole narrative of being like, cops need to be more trained in understanding and dealing with someone who is having a crisis of this nature or also just completely like defunding this and then focusing, focusing to funneling more money towards social programs that can help yeah individuals and the mom was saying that they wanted to take her to like an addiction and mental health center or something and she was having seizures as well and one of the police calls that came in did mention seizures and the mom said that they had called the police several times before because she had had seizures she just started having them within the last year or two so they're just like not really sure why it had to happen this way because they were calling for help you know 
and now she's dead. Yeah, it's it's a tragedy. And clearly, like, again, 70 percent of the police killings in Canada are associated with mental health or substance abuse or both. Mm -hmm. So to me, like, we definitely need to focus on that. Uh, Race was the variable of interest in this case. And I think that's actually a mistake. I think it would be stupid not to talk about it at all. But I think it's dominating the conversation in a way that uh, is going to be unhelpful because clearly the problems with these situations are more to do with these mental health situations and and the strain, I guess, with these cops who don't know what they're doing Um, and and mental health problems are going up. And obviously they're more concentrated in these poor areas, which are disproportionately black indigenous. So again, I feel like the flow chart is going that way, whereas people kind of want it Well, they only want to focus on one variable, which is not modifiable. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that mental health should be the primary concern. And in terms of like defunding the police, I mean, apparently there I was reading about how they don't have enough cops these days. And I agree there does need to be more funding for alternatives to police. But in situations where there's a weapon, I mean, you can't send a mental health. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in Toronto, because um, in the last few years, they've had a huge push for doing like some more mental health awareness stuff and they hired registered nurses for the Toronto police force who are like the crisis intervention team. But the problem with that is they were getting calls that she had a knife and if weapons are related to the call, they take priority. So the frontline officers go first. So the constable, the chief or whatever is getting ripped apart because he didn't send this crisis intervention team. But like, that's just how they respond to calls if there's a weapon because that's like an immediate threat. You know what I mean? So yeah, so that's something that needs to be worked out. And uh, with on the police side, too, there is I was reading that obviously the more likely that the cop has PTSD or mental health issues of their own, the more likely they are to be involved in these fucked up incidents. So it's like clearly I mean, defunding, you know, what does defunding mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, do I think that we should, ha- should have these like bloated uh, police military like industrial complexes? No, but I think that police should be taken care of so that they don't do these things mm-hmm. um, and have adequate training, which costs money. So if you're defunding the police, how is that going to work? So I don't want that to turn into like a slogan that people shout without really thinking about yeah, the implications. I think, I think there's definitely some merits to opening up that discussion and looking at Canada's budget, looking at uh, where your town's budget or whatever to see what they are spending on police and military and what they're spending on um, social services because there is a huge difference in there and most of the money that is going towards the police right it's for salary wages and benefits like not there's not a lot of it that's entirely going to like really complex training programs and stuff like that you know like there is a little bit but it's mostly just going to the cops so it's like we need to look at that I think um, I, I, I mean, I agree. We need to break it down instead of just saying like defund the police. Yeah. It's like what specifically, where does the money need to go? Where can it be allocated? Mm-hmm. So we make, we have the most positive benefit. I know there is some places like in Hamilton, for example, that has like a crisis, uh, center associated with their police that work together, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to address these mental health calls. And apparently their like, uh, situations of these police shootings and police, um, mishandling of situations has gone way down. Yeah. So it's, it's a model that works. Yeah, um, I forget what we were talking about. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> ideally it would be it would be a model where 
a bunch of different community resources come together and are in constant communication and share resources as well. Like have violence against women committees uh, across Canada kind of thing where it's different community supports meeting and putting together their knowledge and resources and helping one another. It needs to be more of a, a community approach. Yeah, we've really approach. lost a lot of like community values in this whole age of social media and the tech revolution and everything I find like we've lost a lot of those values. And I think what we're losing there is a lot of support, you know, that would help people through certain situations like this instead of having to call the cops. Right. Um, Just on the topic of um, it being a mental health issue, not a race issue first. I do think it is also important to mention that that maybe is the case when people die or get hurt, but um, there has been a lot of evidence to support the, uh, the same as in the states that um, people of color are much more often searched and uh, pulled yeah. over, etc., by the police. So um, I think it was maybe late last year, or early this year in Halifax, they had to apologize for that because numbers came out that it was like ridiculously right. disproportionate. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's not an well, not that you weren't saying it's an issue here, but it is an issue here, and I and there is a huge narrative of like Canada kind of. Canadians like to separate themselves from the states and be like, oh, my God, they're so fucked up. But I mean, we have so many of the same issues. Absolutely. Um, so so two two things with that. The first being that, like, like again, we agree, of course, race is involved. Race uh, people of well, not people of color, specifically black people and indigenous people, because like Asians and other ethnicities who are considered people of color don't face disproportionate rates of police brutality. It's specifically the poor communities. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, um, it's about class. Uh, it's about race, which is it's stereotypes of someone based on their class. So I would still say class is most involved there. But also, I mean, the implication there is that police brutality is only a problem when it's being done on disproportionately racial lines. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if we could get the police brutality rate to be proportionate to the different ethnicities in the population, then it wouldn't be a problem. And that's why I feel like the narrative goes too much into that. And again, what do we do about the racism then? You, you tell cops to be nicer. They've been doing all the diversity training yeah. shit. Because, but that doesn't address the root cause because people can't think about race other than in this way of like, we need to be nicer and we need to not say the bad stuff mm -hmm. when clearly it's deeper than that. So that's Which my concern. Too. And again, mental health just seems infinitely more of a productive avenue, not to eliminate the race conversation, but just because there's so much more we could do with that. And, and, and it's, again, 70%, you want to talk about disproportionate, like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, it's disproportion. Most police shootings, killings, whatever, are of unarmed white men in this country. So it's not a matter of sheer number. It's a, it's a disproportion. And again, it comes from that class distinction. But like, I mean, we all agree. It's not a matter of eliminating race from the discussion. It's about not making it the only conversation we're happening about this because I guarantee nothing will improve if that's the way we're going to keep it. And the way we've been doing things too, like some police budgets have got more and more money over the past, like, say 10 years and they've been doing all this sort of stuff and the same things keep happening and like since 2010 indigenous inmates have increased by like over 52 percent so there's a and problem. yet we've never been and yet culturally racism has never been more um opposed multiculturalism yeah. has never been so uh out in front of us and like yeah. been strived for as a goal 
that's why we need to like stop with this cultural stuff like obviously continue to call out racism when you see it like i'm not fucking pro racism but i'm just saying that like clearly the actual material impacts are not being addressed by the kind of like kindergarten level let's all hold hands and like think real hard about how much we hate it what do you guys um what are you guys' feelings on people saying a cab or like all cops are bad I mean, it's righteous in some circumstances, clearly uh, performative and kind of annoying in others. Um, Like if your community has been devastated by cops and they fucking come in and like harass people and even kill them, then ACAB all the way. Mm -hmm. But when you've got people kind of LARPing, like the Antifa types who want to get in on the action and... I mean, people who don't don't need the police, right? Because mm-hmm. they're guys and they like to fight. And it's like, you need to understand that there's people in our society that are very powerless and who, unfortunately, <laughs> the only institution that is available to them to preserve order and security for them is the police. Mm. So, I don't know, complex <laughs> feelings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I had this discussion with my mom and she was like... I. I just fucking hate the ACAB thing. Like, it's so juvenile. It's not getting anything done. And, like, well, I'm like, yeah, but you're also, like, oh, like, a very privileged white woman, you know? Like, if I was in a community where, like, I literally can't call the cops because I fear for my life, and that's the institution that I have to live with, I'd be fucking pissed and being, like, ACAB 100%, you know? But it goes the other way. Like, your mom's a woman. Mm -hmm. Like, so the police is who she needs if there's a domestic situation or something or some sort of violence. Absolutely. So it's, like, there needs to be, to use a word, intersectional approach to this, right? (laughs) Which is missing sometimes. I mean, (laughs) like, again, I I, I blame no one for having uh, anger at corrupt police officers Um, But I I agree with her to an extent that it it can be juvenile sometimes. Mm I Yeah, I don't really know how. Yeah, Yeah. I don't really blame people for saying it. I don't think it's productive. And I think it it is just another way to create further divide. That being said, like you guys all said the same thing that um, I'm not someone that's particularly affected by it. So I'm not really going to judge other people for using that. I do. I think Sonia mentioned that I do judge certain people for doing it but it's more like we got drunk a lot as teenagers and like of course the cops sucked like, i don't know but um yeah, yeah. yeah this is a little off topic but just on kind of the canadian american differences i just wanted to touch on did you guys watch the video of trudeau being asked about yes. oh, the, the 21 seconds the, second the pregnant pause, pause as yeah. you will what's your take on that no. that was bad. it was funny like uh it was shocking. I was like, whoa, this is too long. Do, do you guys think it was genuine or it was? No. No. Yeah, it was planned. Not planned, but I mean. Guys, he, this is what I say when sorry, he Sorry, what do you mean by genuine? Like, he was. Like, uh, not that it was pre-planned, but that he knew what he was doing in that. that, that like was, he was trying to make himself seem thoughtful. Is that what yes. you mean? Uh, or like he, without actually saying anything, he was showing. I don't think he was actually at a loss for words. I think, what, did, yeah. what did he actually say? Because I actually didn't watch the video. I just like heard about this. Um, but. He, he, he didn't say anything for 21 seconds. And he, <laughs> yeah. he like opened his mouth a few times as though he was about to start speaking. And, yeah. then, and then sighed. And then he said... Because they asked him up. about like the militarized use of force, right? That Trump was doing to yeah. quell protests. He, 
But it's he like you just did the same fucking thing for people in Wet'suwet'en, so he, he said spoke it wrong. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, so pretty general. Like we're kind of watching in horror, uh, and like it's social uh, what, injustice. What's, what's oh, okay. happening? It, it basically was a nothing statement. Like it's fucked yeah. up. Like well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it was it was wild to watch. Like it's so yeah, awkward. I, <laughs> It like yeah, twenty one seconds is a yeah, long fucking long time. time. It was like it encapsulated comical. all my feelings toward him. Um, a couple of the responses from other leaders. Uh, Jag said, um, oh, "We're going with Jag now." Yeah, yeah. Jag <laughs> said his silence reveals hypocrisy, and then he said that uh, Trudeau should use his position of power to go beyond pretty words and pretty speeches and do something. Could he have done anything right in that situation? And then Bloc Quebecois leader uh, Blanchette said that um, the responsible thing to do was not to calculate in his mind 20 seconds of carefully meditated silence, (laughs) strategic (laughs) silence, and instead say what he didn't have the courage to say. What would that have been? Yeah, I don't know. Because then also... He for sure knew they were going to ask him. So it's not like he couldn't have been Mm -hmm. at a loss for words. Like that, Mm -hmm. that, there's no way they weren't going to ask him this fucking insane historical thing is happening they're going to ask True. you about it's the biggest it. civil rights True. movement in like history like isn't it, yeah, happening isn't it right now ever yeah, yeah I it think, is it literally uh, 50 um, states have had involved. protests it's yeah. the biggest like unified civil rights protest that's ever happened elizabeth like, may uh <laughs> actually was the most generous in her response to his 21 second pause she said, I want to give the prime minister and deputy prime minister the space to navigate how they deal with the Trump White House, because they're saying, well, they're still dealing with him with all the COVID-19 stuff in the border. And like uh, she gave him more of a benefit of the doubt than anything. What do you guys think? I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like Braden said, there's no way he couldn't have been briefed on this. I imagine he must have been expecting the situation. Yeah, 100 percent. Or the question. Um, but like clearly he he's a very what do you say diplomatic like he's not a trump he doesn't just (laughs) say things like everything is very carefully worded and you see how like they caught him talking shit (laughs) about trump (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) on that video oh yeah i forgot about that he didn't know Um, he's been very careful with china right and he's gotten a lot of flack from that and then he's being really careful with the united states for the same reason properly probably and uh, I don't know. He's got a lot of interests to balance, and that's apparent when he fucking was probably like he could see all the different people <laughs> getting mad at him for literally anything that he says in any which yeah, way yeah, all at once. I, uh, Do I like least care about <laughs> pissing off. Think of all the things the, that could happen in twenty-one seconds. The like, beginning of his speech, he had to like he acknowledged his past shortcomings. So he was like, when it comes to being an ally, yeah, I have made serious face. mistakes. <laughs> in the past mistakes oh, which i deeply hell. regret and continue to learn from yeah see this that's what i uh, this language is this is the language of absolution right like you can oh and he he also said i know that for so many people listening right now the last thing you want to hear is another speech on racism from a white politician okay but i want to make it clear I mean, the government is kind of true but <laughs> i mean it's that's fair that's legit. Um, that is yeah. kind of the I, acknowledging your privilege thing, though. It's just in different exactly. words. Like, he's shielding himself. 
He's yeah, like, I'm gonna do sure. it anyway, but as long as I tell you first that it's annoying, then you can't say anything about it. Honestly, um, like he probably could have taken more time there, like as a man who was caught in blackface more than one time <laughs> and used the military to unlawfully arrest like indigenous people. I'm surprised he didn't take like a full fucking reflection or like pass out like <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, again, this is like the difference between um, I, I want to talk to you guys, I guess, about like Ford's response as well. But I mean, yeah. and this is what I've said before, and I'll say it again. Um, like with Trudeau, you fully like you don't know what you're getting. And it is so much more of this performance thing with him where he like spews all this like liberal SJW rhetoric and bullshit when he does the complete opposite. And at least with Ford, like the one thing that I do give him is that like everybody knows what he's about you know that he wants to like cut government spending in half blah 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 and mm-hmm. i think his values and stuff are way more in the forefront so i feel like less afraid of him as a leader as i he's do more of trudeau yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone hates a hypocrite that's why everyone hates like all the sjw's doing their their shit online yeah like with what ford said like ainsley and i were talking a little bit about this mm-hmm. like he like, it seems like a lot of politicians are getting in trouble for saying racism is bad. Racism exists. Probably not as bad as in the States. And and I know it's a really tense time and people probably don't even want to give an inch with that stuff. But like, I just think that's plainly true. He said, and in this order, is what he said. He said, Canada doesn't have the systemic deep roots of racism that the U.S. does. He says he doesn't have the same, mm-hmm. which is which is true. And again, if you're going to pretend they're the same, mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck was all the organizing in Canada for to make them not the same? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just it's a denial of reality to make people feel better because people want to see people's heads roll. Um, and it's just pointless. So, it doesn't but do the any- systemic deep roots, I think. Are the same systemic deep roots. They may manifest in different ways because of different places and people, but it's the same thing it started from slavery and the fucking massacre of indigenous people it's the same you can get technical with how he said the same like technically it's not the same but i think what he meant was like we're not as bad i think that's what he meant but we're not as bad but like how can you say we're as bad bad we don't have we have we have we're just bad for different people I, I mean, what do like, you mean who, like who's to say we're not as bad? Like, we're, like we're we're quite bad statistics, for indigenous people. Yeah, but that's not we're, we're not talking about indigenous. We're talking he about said, anti-black no, he's racism. He's talking about racism. He's talking like about a blanket yeah. racism that we don't. So and he flip flopped his statement like two days Yeah, he literally recant, he recanted it or uh, like what like an hour later or something yeah so, yeah because he wanted to appease people and it's like great you've got your okay we're the same now what but i see this hook, we're the same we're in- gonna completely ignore the differences which are so important in order to be able to address the problem no like, one's the saying fact that, that we have the united the states had slavery and we didn't is important that doesn't mean we didn't feel but the impact of slavery, slavery. absolutely slavery. We, we abolished slavery before we became a country we we had indentured servitude and we had, we had the impact of slavery there was horrible racism but it's not the same like i also see like i get what you're saying but also there's this i think there is this whole narrative of canada being better and it does like dismiss a lot of things because we're not as bad as that and that's why people say those things because it like it absolves us of anything when you say you're right that there is an air of like 
we're not as bad. Therefore, we don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. I agree with you there. And that's why I said, I understand that people don't want to give an inch in these tense times. But I think going after people for like, not exactly speaking about systemic, like, yes, you acknowledge that it exists. And yes, you agree that there's problems, but you didn't do it exactly the way that I wanted you to do. It's just poor politics in my opinion I think and the it's thing I had purely a symbolic and it's like I'm look I'm so much more angry about racism than you right now like I, I just don't buy it like Canada for example doesn't have the same sex-based inequalities as the United States because we have uh, single-payer health care and we have a little bit of a stronger um, maternity care social system. We have stronger social supports here, which does help poor people who are disproportionately people of color. And also most of the people in Canada who are black are immigrants. They are not, not as many are descendants of slavery. That's going to make a difference. And to say that it doesn't make a difference is to basically say slavery didn't matter and that racism is just this thing floating around infecting people. That's not how it works. And if we continue to think about it that way it's never going to be addressed like I don't think the issues between the countries are the same I just did have an issue by him saying that we don't have the same systemic deep roots of racism because that is the same the root of it is the same we did the exact same thing in Canada that happened in the United States when people immigrated here from Europe we did the exact same fucking thing maybe there's a difference in the slavery and stuff but the way we treated indigenous people the way we interned people the way we treated black people, the systemic deep roots of it, they are the same. I mean, it's semantics. Like I, I could agree with you right now and say sure, but I feel like we're agreeing and then we're mm-hmm. sort of I think it disagreeing was just- on minor points that probably don't matter. Yeah. But I guess I, I guess what I'm like, look, 10 years ago, I've been like, how dare he? But now I'm just getting a little bit annoyed because we're again, we're never actually talking about the actual issues. It's always this like some these symbolic like tokens and gestures and like everyone gets so much more mad at someone like. Someone could like the fact that politicians everywhere and corporations everywhere are like, yes, systemic racism is real is huge. Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, that's not enough because we need to take the cultural realm to like 100 percent. It, like, it, it's me, just it's not, not the way forward anymore. For it's, me, it's not, not just the, 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 where we're going to get the bang for our buck in terms of actually helping these people. Yeah, I don't it's think not it, just I, that he said that like that pissed me off because I don't like him. I don't like what he's doing in Ontario slashing education costs, environmental projects, social shit. I don't like that he said that because of that, because he's not putting his fucking money where his mouth is. And he went back on his statement and all of it is just bullshit to me. I don't like it. I don't like him and I want him gone. Fair. I, and I didn't mean as much like it, like just in that in, in that specific situation, of course, it could be more semantics, but I, I'm seeing it more as a reflection of a dangerous mm-hmm. perception or not sorry perception maybe Canada isn't bad as bad in certain things but a dangerous narrative of us being less bad therefore like you had said before yeah. so I was mm-hmm. seeing it in terms of that way not that actual individual thing he said yeah. right and yeah. and that's a good point to make because I'm seeing it from like the opposite narrative like I said where it's like it, again this isn't about Ford and, and I think this is an interesting conversation actually because a lot of the times what people are discussing is not this specific um, thing that happened right there or what someone specifically said but it's like an amalgamation what we hear when someone says yeah. becomes this amalgamation of other things we've heard exactly. and like what we perceive to be kind of the narrative and the dominant discourse and then that's where we go and then that's where we sort of um, 
start to have conversations. So once you can understand what the other person really means when they're saying what they're saying, what they're picturing Mm -hmm. and what they're using this as a proxy for in their mind, um, you can kind of come at a better, I think you can have a more productive discussion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, any, any final words, anything anyone wanted to sort of talk about before we say goodbye? Um, I did want to bring up that right now, Alberta is passing a very sneaky as fuck law, like literally today, June 5th. So look it up um well, you guys not the listeners <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um this they're making a law that police and military rcmp or whatever can arrest and fine indigenous people for being on their own land and they can be in jail for up to six months for blocking damaging or interfering with essential infrastructure to do with like the pipeline and stuff and they can get a twenty-five thousand dollar fine and the lieutenant governor can make any place that he wants an essential infrastructure so it's just kind of fucking crazy that that's happening right now like they're pretty much preventing people from protesting or standing their ground or doing anything by punishing them with six months in jail and a $25,000 fine so um I also want to say one more thing (laughs) um that's fucked I had no idea that was happening very sneaky Mm -hmm. um Uh, one thing I was going to say to, um, with like acknowledging, um, racism in Canada and its history is that I feel like a lot of the times too, dominant society, like essentializes like non-white people as belonging to like a narrowly defined cultural heritage. Right. But then in order to actually, again, this goes back to like understanding the historical roots of the issues. Like we have to understand First Nations people want self-government and respect for their sovereignty and their land. But then like immigrants want integration and like not having all of these barriers. There are two different like in these cases, like political agendas that push in opposite directions. And like we we just like lump anyone who's non-white into the same thing. But you have to acknowledge that there are different categories of things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I trying to say? Case by uh, case. Yeah, like that even even within black necessary. people, black people are in a monolith. Yeah. Like black like, people come from many different places. Exactly, there's, and there's inner uh, like inner uh, interethnic conflict. Yeah, exactly. Which we even so, saw during the riots. So mm-hmm. we need to really look at that too because I think a lot of times our views on it dominate and it gravely misrepresents the situation that like indigenous people are in, etc. I mean. Obviously, a lot of like non-white people share similarities in terms of like integrating with Canada kind of thing and all the policies that have stemmed from that. But I think that people need to realize that there aren't the exact same goals Mm -hmm. and we're never going to solve the problem if it's all just in one category. Yeah, it can't be overarching. Good point. Okay. Any more final words? Any other fucking terrible things happening? There actually is another terrible thing happening. Um, they just the courts in Canada just decided that in sexual occult, uh, assault cases you can use severe intoxication as a defense. I saw that. That's I feel fun. like that could be like a whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I was thinking of that. I'm like, should I bring it up? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was going to screen for it. I was going to screenshot it and send it to you guys. Joking. And I was like, this is already this is this is a whole Stay other thing for the next episode where we uh, get into right, that. I've got a little like closing a spiel. Pick her up or okay, sure. Um, okay. By now, I'm sure all of you have seen and heard of probably hundreds of groups, organizations, and ways you can donate your money, voice, time, etc. But if you want to help and are unsure where to start, here are a few resources you can look up to learn more about supporting communities and individuals of color from the ground up in Canada. 
um, reconciliationcanada.ca, inspire.ca, um, blacklegalactioncenter.ca, um, even the Habitat for Humanity website. They do a lot of very good work in Canada for um, indigenous communities and also just affordable housing in general. And of course, Black Lives Matter. And um, just keep talking, keep disrupting, keep learning. And for the love of God, vote. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Get your black squares out of here. Yeah. It's like just we can change a bigger void. If we're fucking smart about it, your black square doesn't really People aren't smart.